You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome everyone to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host Pierce, joined alongside of uh, Jimmy and Charles. What's going on, boys? I- I'm trying to sneeze. Fuck. Give me one second. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's allergy season out here, so um, we out yeah, here. I've kind of been feeling the same thing that Jimmy's feeling. It's not as bad as him, but in the morning, yeah. The, the, the fucking weather is making me sick, and then I read Matt Marie rumors, and I'm even more sick in the stomach. It's just. Everything. Alright, so the temperatures dropped from like 80 degrees to 50 within like a few weeks, so it's like, my whole body is just like, what, what is going on here? Jimmy, yeah, you no. forgot about Jack Johnson too, the Matt Murray and Jack Johnson oh, combo. Please, please don't. Oh, God, this is such a great conversation with Max Boldman, and then I wake up today and my allergies are bad, and then uh, I fucking, I look at, because uh, I have like, um, Puck Angel Report on Twitter, I have like his notifications on, and I see like, Right away, I wake up, and it's like, he shares the tweet, tweets in the group chats, everything. It's just full storm, and I'm like, yeah, this is... I I, I had a feeling. I think we've talked about this. Like, it's, it would be the most Stan Bowman move as of the last two years if he traded for Matt Murray. Adding Jack Johnson into it is just big brain shit right there. It really is. Okay, like, but how do we feel about it if it's Brent Seabrook for Matt Murray and Jack Johnson? Okay, so okay, okay, here, here. So it definitely wouldn't just be Seabrook for the two. Hmm. But is it? Or, do they want to offload Matt Murray, or is well, he have value? That's the whole thing. Well, they just signed Jari. So yeah, they that. signed Jari. I think they want to get move on from Murray because they do want to save I mean, cap space. Yeah, I mean, well, of course they want to get rid of him, but like, is it? Is it like a, you know, a cap dump type of thing where it's like, you know, like, you know, someone take this goalie. I I mean, he was pretty bad last year. He was pretty bad last year. I don't know. If I had to trade, like, Seabrook to take Jack Johnson back, I might have to do it. No, I would do it in a heartbeat. I'd do it in a heartbeat, dude. I think they're trying to... Jack Johnson is not good defensively, but... I think they're trying to... I think you have to sweeten it up. 
I think they're trying to use uh, Matt Murray as a sweetener. Hey, you take Jack Johnson on. Maybe you get a bit of a gamble with Matt Murray, but if it works out, it works out kind of thing. And he's probably not going to cost yeah. too much and all that. Yeah, yeah. I actually, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It, it worries me if Bowman goes for him as the starter. I actually don't mind him as a backup reclamation project. I, I actually don't mind it at all. I mean, he was good before. I mean, it's, you know... He's so young. He's 26. Goalies are voodoo. Crawford, I mean, look at dude. Crawford was only 0.4 ahead in save, like 0.04 ahead in save percentage um, in the 2012, uh, his 2012 season. And next year, he's lights out. He wins the Stanley Cup. Arguably could have won the Cons Smythe. Should have won the Cons Should have won. Yes, I like that answer. That's perfectly correct. I'm not saying that Matt Murray is going to be Corey Crawford and be at that level. I am not saying that, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, he, he, there's a good chance he's better than he was before. I mean, the Blackhawks also have a very good record with, uh, you know, like gold, their goaltending coach, Jimmy Waite. He's done a great job with what they've... Uh, Bro, his name is given. Jimmy? That's kind of cool, not going to lie. Dude, the only Jimmy ahead of me, to be honest. What is your... Who would be on your Jimmy rankings? Jimmy like, Graham, who's number one? Ass, bro. Jimmy Graham, please don't block me. Please, I, I, I really don't hate you. What was that? Oh, I thought I said, who would you have on your uh, your Jimmy rankings? Who would you rank number one, Jimmy? Oh God, that's a good question. Uh, Charles, you need to help me out on this. Who's we need some? Uh, where's some Chicago Jimmys? Chicago oh, Jimmys. I mean, Jimmy oh, Butler played for the Bulls. Oh, but... Jimmy Butler, man. I mean, he's right. He's probably like right behind me, tied for a second. Nah, let me switch it up. Jimmy Wade, right behind me. Jimmy Butler's ahead of me. I mean, I'm sorry that. that... I'm sorry, Jimmy Butler. That was disrespect, bro. Bro, I can't believe this. Josh getting Murray, to me, is such a Bowman move. Like, I feel like Murray would make about the same amount of money as Leonard in terms of contract. Because, like, if you're going to go for longer curb, like, just as long, I just to me, it just makes no sense. Does like, I just don't get it. Because, it's like, you could have easily tried to keep Leonard for about that much money if you really wanted to. By the way, that stings that Leonard contract. Oh, man. Good for Vegas, and I'm proud for Leonard that he found a home, but just as a Blackhawks fan, knowing we could have had him for that kind of price, man, it blows. It really does. I also think that the whole pandemic made his value go down. I think he would have made a lot more if it never happened. Like, because remember when he was wanting more? That was before it happened. So, like, I feel like... Yeah, for sure. With the cap not going up, he was just going to decide, all right, I'm more safe just to take this contract now instead of just trying to get more. Dude, you can live in fucking Vegas. And, I mean, I, as much as I hate them, dude, the team's fantastic. You get That's, to play behind yeah, that defense. Like gold jersey straight out of ESHL. Yeah. Oh yeah, can we, can we get on those for a second? Like, those are, those are going to be, and I tweeted this, and I really, I'm so confident in this tweet that they're going to be loved as, like, ugly jerseys in 15 years. Oh, yeah. Every, like, every like 15-year-old that cheered for the Knights when they're in their first year is going to be like, man, I miss when jerseys were creative and fun back in the it's day. It's like, like the, the LA King, Burger King jerseys. What's this? Gold jersey with sprinkles. Guys, we got it. <laughs> and I'm insanely badly placed white stripe. I mean, that stripe gives me nightmares. <laughs> I have never been bothered by Dude, They were like, you know what? The gold normally goes here. Alright, we took the gold out from all the jerseys we had. We only have white left. So let's just keep it. Honestly, just make it gold. 
put it like the gunmetal color put that like around the elbow or a little bit above good. I have a terrible I, I have a terrible feeling that that's gonna become their new home jersey and I'm like oh, I hope so dude it's as ugly as their fan base so it's perfect dude their regular jerseys their gray home jerseys are sick it's like, as so ugly as uh, Ryan Reeves play on the ice yes and William Carrier oh my god yeah Carrier, like, oh, my God. You're racist for saying that about Ryan Reeves. Uh, no, the only people I'm racist towards is people who are on the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, if I'm, I'm Vegas Golden Knightsist, to be honest. I, <laughs> oh my God, man. You're gonna get canceled. And the worst thing is, we, everyone loves Robin Leonard. Yeah, everyone loves Robin Leonard. The amount. But of Jimmy, he supported Trump. Why would yes. you support him? Why would you like him? A guy oh like that. Oh my God, yeah. But guys, he supported somebody at the worst point of his life, and he eventually figured it out when he went wrong. We still have apologize for it, and I was literally made like the he took the stand, you know, the well, the opposite of the stand is a symbol against, you know, racism, bigotry, and everything going on in this world. In well, this world, in this country, I mean, there is in this world, but specifically in this country, and of course, you know, the thing that that man. Up top, fucking hates, but no, because he had a, you know, sticker on his helmet. Once, of course, I'm a racist. I mean, well, what else is new? Obviously, I like hockey, so I have to be. Is this um, another political podcast? <laughs> yeah, it is. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I make a political joke or two. I'm disgusting. Keep politics out of sports unless I like them, as I always say. Unless yeah. uh, Trump's calling you on the phone to congratulate you, then no, 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 no politics in sports. <laughs> it's, if it's not the ones I support, I don't want it. Yeah. Politics and sports are bad until I agree with them. As I always say. Oh man, but listen, there are good Golden Knights fans out there. I mean, I that's just every fan base really. has, you know, good and bad apples. But I haven't I found say, them yet. Twitter, Twitter, Vegas Golden Knights fans. I need to put this out there. I need you to listen to me. It's okay that Robin Leonard is better than Mark Andre Fleury, and you have to live with that. That's business. That's, that's just how sports. This is how sports works. I know you don't know how this works because you just started watching hockey three years ago, but, like, this is how it works. I... It really... I'm not trying to be a sports purist. Like, oh, you know, you have to have, you know, wow, these, you know, what a bunch of newbies, huh? What a bunch of losers or whatever. Like, listen, everyone gets into sports at some point. Great. But if you're going to get into sports, you have to go into there knowing that this is... While it's entertainment, and yes, you can love the players. I mean, you guys are in the Skype call with me. You can see my branded sod profile picture. You know that I talk about that man way too much. But you know what, man? It's a business at the end of the day. If you can't handle a man that played his position and was not as good as the other guy that played the same position and had his job taken away because the other guy was better at his job, then I don't think sports are for you, buddy, because trust me there is a lot more where that's going to come from and if you can't take that sorry it's going to sting like a bitch i find it funny been like sorry i find it funny that their uh, head coach uh, gerard gallant got fired even though they're like pretty much top in terms of analytics shot shares all that in the mid-season but literally downgraded in coach i know (laughs) but not a good coach is not good i don't I saw him in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Penguins, and Sullivan just tactically spanked him. 
I I've seen all I need to know about how bad an NHL coach Mike Sullivan too. Like don't like, remember that too. <sighs> yeah. I don't know, man. I just I, I feel so bad because Robin Leonard, man, he's been through this amazing journey. He's done so much to get to where he is, and I'm not saying everyone again, like not the same way that you know people need to understand Leonard is, or the same way that people should not all be, you know, like bending over for Flurry and saying that he needs to be there instead of Leonard. I'm not saying you all have to love Leonard. Hey, listen, I get it. But respect I, him, I, man. Respect what he's gone through. Exactly. Exactly. He's a human being, and he has been maybe the most transparent player in the entire NHL. In the Which last does not have years. any of that, uh, by the way. Yeah, like he's. Yeah, yeah like he's he's a unicorn in this league. He's had this beautiful, like just like character growth. He's an arc. I, you could write a movie about this guy. Seriously, and yet not because you know Mark Andre Fleury is so quirky and funny. Haha. He's the best. Like, I see people saying he's like, oh, he's the best person. He's. He's the best person in the world. Why would you? He pros pulls yeah, pranks I in the mean, locker room. He's a nice person, but he's a parking cone on defense, so I didn't really care. <laughs> imagine you. Okay, imagine. Imagine you're at a warehouse, right? And you're driving. Uh, you're driving. Uh, driving a forklift, and you knock down all of the uh, all of the shelves. I'm sorry. I instantly think of Michael. I think your boss goes up to you. And, and he and there's a, a new forklift driver who's been doing it great for a week, and you're on your first day, and you mess it up, and your boss goes up to you and he says, "Listen, listen, I know he's he's doing a great job, he's doing great, but listen, I, I can't really hold on to him. You're probably the nicest guy I've ever met. I really just I got you know you're that listen, you're a real nice guy. Can't you know you're the one man. Thank you. Like that's I'm sorry, a terrible analogy, but like just imagine." Is your boss ever gone up to you and said that, you know, told you you did a great job because you were the nicest guy in the room? I just want to say I instantly thought of Michael Scott operating the forklift when he was told not to when you brought up that analogy. <laughs> That's exactly why I mentioned it. No one ever got fired because they were less of a nice guy. Yeah. They got fired because they weren't good at their job, or they lost their job because they weren't good at it. This is sports people. This is what it is. And I just... I don't know. It bothers me not just because it's like simple shit. It's that, like again, like we've said, like it's dude. This guy's been through such a great journey. At least just he carried, not really carried, but man, he was insane in that. He was insane in their run when he played. They had three shutouts in the shutouts. Vancouver series, dude. Three <laughs> shutouts in putting the biggest fan logic. Larry would have allowed zero goals because he's better somehow. <laughs> Oh yeah, trivia. Do you want to know who was the last goalie to get three shutouts in a playoff series before Robin Leonard? I think Jimmy knows it, but I wonder if Charles knows. Uh, no, go to Charles. I don't know about Charles. Um, three shutouts. Oh, wow. Michael Layton. Yeah, Michael Layton. You're right. I would not. I forgot that Layton had three. I forgot that he was that good in 2010. Yeah, he had three shutouts against uh, Montreal before the Stanley Cup final when he got his uh, shit kicked in by the Blackhawks. But uh, that's another story for another day. Speaking of the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Congrats to them. Yeah, that's true. Um, Speaking of the Stanley Cup Final, congrats to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Everyone like coming into this whole playoff. Everyone's like, is there going to be an asterisk on this? And I honestly, I agree with them. There's going to be an asterisk on it because Tampa Bay won the hardest Stanley Cup you probably could ever imagine to win. They. Ran, they ran the table, man. Like they were, like a team didn't really ever give them a challenge. They didn't have to go to a game seven. 
they were just such a good team. But even without Steven Stamkos, the fact that Stamkos came in for two and a half minutes and scored that goal, that's just amazing. And, you know, Tampa, the last few Stanley Cup champions, like Washington, St. Louis, they've had their fair share of playoff troubles. But then you look at Tampa Bay, they have as well, man. Like, you look at their playoffs record, like twenty fifth or 2014, they get swept by Montreal. 2015, of course, they lose to the Stanley Cup final against the Chicago Blackhawks. 2016, they blow a 3-2 series lead in the Eastern Conference Final against uh, Pittsburgh, who goes on to win the Cup. 2017, they don't even make the playoffs, but they almost do, despite all the ridiculous amount of injuries. Yeah, uh, 2018, again, up 3-2 against the Washington Capitals. <laughs> Can't score a goal in the final two games, and they lose to the eventual Stanley Cup champions. 2019, uh, 62 wins against the Columbus Blue Jackets. They get swept. They had that 3 nothing lead in game one for the first period and then just all downhill since. But then, you know, the thing is with the NHL, a lot of teams are quick to, uh, oh, should we blow it up if uh, things are not working out? And you look at teams like Washington, St. Louis, and Tampa Bay, they never really blew up their team. And I just love seeing teams like that get rewarded for not making stupid decisions <coughs> like the Blackhawks to a... Uh, just uh, one uh, like a losing streak, basically. I mean, it is the playoffs, but that's essentially what 2017 was. It's just a four-game losing streak. You don't uh, trade. Uh, sorry, I know you love Brandon Saad, as you brought up, but you don't trade Panarin for Saad. You don't trade Jomerson for Murphy. I mean, like, Jomerson for Murphy, in hindsight, that's a bad trade, but I think that's another story for another day. But, again, the fact that Tampa Bay, they were able to hang on to most of their core. They had to get rid of some pieces like JT Miller, who's gone on to do great in Vancouver. But they got guys like uh, Patrick Maroon, who won a Stanley Cup. And Blake Coleman, who uh, I wasn't sure it was worth a first-round pick. But, man, oh, man, he was great for them same in the playoffs. Barclay, yeah, same with Barkley like, Goudreau. Yeah, Goudreau could never have been. <laughs> but, they paid a lot for him, but that's exactly what they needed. Yeah, they, they do you think they like care that. now? They, do you think they care now now, now and they're it's Stanley like Cup champions? The SDP, they always say it's like, you know, yeah, it's a bad trade, but when you lift in the cup, who gives a fuck? Like, exactly. That, they don't, it does not matter. If you win, then it means you won the trade. Because you won yeah. the yeah. That's what is, what is the end goal? It's to win the Stanley Cup. So that's like what the Black... That's like the... Piece, Sorry, that's like the Blackhawks trading for Vermette. Was it maybe the best value-wise? No. Arizona no. probably won that, but they won the Cup, so I think by default so they win that trade. Two game winning goals in the finals and one in the Eastern Conference Finals. So Western, Western you idiot. Jeez. Do you not know anything uh, about hockey, Jimmy? No, I'm American. I don't know anything. God, clearly. But, uh, yeah, Can again. I also just mention, dude, the fact that JT Miller going from a 47 for going from 47 points in 75 games in Tampa Bay to 72 in 69 nice games in nice. Vancouver. Like, talk about I mean, blow up. Still, still 47 points, you know, respectable and all, but like, it, it just shows you how, like, that's how the Lightning are. Yeah, that's how deep that team was to where JT Miller, I think, was playing like middle six minutes most of the time, maybe even third line. Like, that's how deep that team was. And it's just. Utterly and I mean, shout out to Dallas, man. That's a, such a tough loss for them. Spending all that time there, eventually just become up lefty hand, like le- empty handed. You look at the, did you watch the Jamie Ben interview? Like that was just so tough to watch because he's like, it sucks, man. It sucks, and he like really did not say much because he was just not in the place to hit. And I hate when players have to do interviews right after the Stanley Cup final because they're just emotionally crushed. At least like if you do it a, a couple days after, they're in a better space. But yeah, just watching those interviews. Man, I, I just Did felt so bad for Jared Ben. 
afterwards? I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I know you love that. If they but... did, then I mean, then they're good. <laughs> um. But yeah, just looking at Dallas's end, uh, Joe Pavelski, no 0 for 2 in the Stanley Cup final. I really feel bad for him. Anton Kadobin. Anton Kadobin, who was just an incredible story. Um, unfortunately, fell short, but uh, I mean, it wasn't because of, like, it was Dallas sucked. It was just clearly that Tampa was the better team in that series. Yeah, Joe Pavelski had a heck of a play. I was just going to look at the stats, too, dude. Like, just Joe Pavelski was just gave it all he had, and, like, that's what they missed last year. When they lost to St. Louis, they would have had a Joe Pavelski on their team. I think they could have beat them. Like, they could have won the cup that year. Who knows exactly. what happens? Yeah, it's a good day. Like they're the, the stars are so so quietly good because they aren't that flashy team that you see from Tampa Bay or from uh, gosh from uh, you know Toronto when they're actually good or from Carolina Toronto, when they're actually good. On. You know, I picked Dallas to make the cup final. I was like going on that whole time. If their defense is great, we know that. They have a great defense. If their offense can just score a little bit more, they're easily a cup contender. I forget the exact like A or you know, explanation of this stat or exactly what it was. I believe Joe Pavelski was he scored the most Oh yeah, he has the most playoff goal playoff, playoff goals by an American born player in history, like ever. Oh, most goals in like, most goals by any American player in a playoff run. No, sorry, I meant like in his career, the the most uh, career playoff goals by an American oh. born player. Oh, oh, I swore there was something about how old he was and how many goals he scored that year. Yeah, that might be that might be some too because <laughs> him and Corey Perry both over thirty five were like seemed like they were only the only ones getting the offense going for Dallas, especially in that game five. Oh yeah, Corey. Uh, to look up Corey Perry things, I do. <laughs> God, I have to unironically look up stuff for Corey Perry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had nine points in twenty-seven games. He's still a bum. I can laugh. It's all good. But he got two game when he got two goals though in the elimination game. That was yeah. like that was a vintage Corey Fuck Perry you. game. Wow, you really don't like Corey Perry, do you? Does anybody? No. <laughs> uh, no I, I, I stand justified. Thank you. Except for his wife, who was in the she, bubble. She, she was very, yeah, she was there. You know what? I loved her because it was the ultimate fuck you to Mike Milbury. Yeah. She shows up when he's All women are distraction. Also, here's the thing. He, or sorry, she shows up. She shows up. And, uh,. She is so little. She's the opposite of distraction. She's such a motivation that she got Corey fucking Perry to play good hockey. To play his so, best hockey in like five years. Yeah, so. Got yeah, Corey Perry to score not just one, but two goals in a single game. Jimmy, yeah. do you want me to piss you off even more about something about Corey Perry? He won the heart in 2011 and as well as the Maurice Richard and scored 50 goals. Oh, I know that. Oh, I know that you really Actually, so that's the good thing about that. <sighs> but uh, what do you guys think about Victor Hemingway in the Smythe? Did you think that someone else deserved it, or do you think that was the right choice? I mean, what are your... oh, go ahead, Charles. I mean, I thought Braden Point deserved it personally, but I don't have a problem with Hedman winning it. He was just as close, I thought, like in terms of winning it. It's not really like an egregious pick, but it was just to me, I would have picked Braden Point personally. But 
I don't really fully disagree with Hedman winning it. Yeah, definitely. I have to agree with that. Um, I was definitely between Hedman and Point, but the thing is with Tampa Bay, they had so many good players on the run. You could arguably you could argue for Kucherov, who had the most assists and was like up there with guys like Lemieux and Gretzky and Vasilevsky was just played all the minutes in the Stanley Cup playoff run. That's more even more impressive in the fact that there were a lot of back to back games in the bubble and just so many games in uh, like uh, such a short amount of time that he played all the minutes. And I believe the last goalie to actually play all the minutes in a playoff run was uh, Corey Crawford in 2013. But and of oh, course you got you got the shutout in that final game. So you really any of those four guys you could have made an argument for. But Victor Hedman was just the man on the blue line. I want to say his ten playoff yeah, so, goals by defensemen were behind guys like Paul Coffey and Bobby Orr. It was third most all time. Third most all time. Yeah. I want to hear a fun, funny little a dumb stat. He's the only defenseman to ever score exactly ten goals in a playoff run. <laughs> that's 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 cool. That's and now you do. Wow, thank you, Jimmy. We are now smarter for knowing that. <laughs> but yeah, Victor, I mean, I think he deserved that. And uh, yeah, what about you, Jimmy? All about the con Smythe. I yeah. mean, I really. Ring Point is one of my favorite players to watch in the NHL. Um, you'll see me like walking around like a loser with a Braden Point shirt. Why? Because he's small like you. What? You know what? This is why we do less podcasts than we usually have lately. The slander I get. Uh, no, I mean I I love watching the guy. He he kind of reminds me of a uh, I was gonna say Mini McKinnon, but I, I I can't say the word Mini at this point. Um, he's just a good player in his own right, man. He's brain point. He's so goddamn good, man. He's so fucking good. The way he, the way he possess, like the way he holds possession in the offensive zone, his entries, man, it's just so clean. The way he fight, the way he'll just like dart around the offensive zone and then just like seam a perfect pass into the slot to a trailing guy. It's just the most like, it's so satisfying to watch. Like I can't, I can't imagine any sports fan could could watch that and not think that's just like... It's crazy to me that Braden Point was the third-round pick. Like, to me, that's... Did you guys hear the story about uh, how uh, Tampa Bay traded up for Minnesota to get that pick? That's awesome. It is a great one. So, yeah, if anyone listening who doesn't know that story, I think, I don't know the exact, I can't remember the, how it exactly goes, but it goes something to the I, effect of uh, Tampa Bay, or uh, Steve Eiserman was on the phone with, like, Chuck Fletcher, or no, Chuck Fletcher was, like, right behind him on the draft floor, and, uh, away and he calls him still. Yeah. He still calls him. And I think uh, Chuck Fletcher, like, looked at him, and I, he, like, shrugged, and Eiserman just, like, looked back at him, or whatever, however it went. It was just, that's the most Steve Eiserman thing ever, and, of course, he gets brain point out of it. And, by the way, Steve Eiserman goes from uh, Tampa to Detroit, arguably, like, a polar opposite situation, but how do you not give, like, pretty much almost all the credit to Steve Eiserman for building that team and drafting all of his core pieces and making all those trades that he got. Like, you just look at the trade, the, the signs he made, how he got Stamkos for so cheap, and how he got uh, he got Hedman for so cheap, he was able to lock those guys up, how he's able to trade Jonathan Druin for Mikhail Sergachev, who was amazing that playoff run. Like, he just did so much good things for that franchise, and even though he won't get his name on the cuff, I mean, the guy deserves a ring, man. He probably won't get it, but, like, it, it, I mean, Julian Breezeball, he did a lot of great things, like getting rid of, uh, well, not getting rid of JT Miller, but clearing up that cap space, um, acquiring that first so he can... You know, first for Barclay, yeah, there you go, and uh, acquiring someone like Blake Coleman, but like just asset management is what I think he did a really good job of. And 
yeah, but again, congrats to Tampa Bay. Just they totally deserve it. And rarely does the best team win the Stanley Cup, and I think they were the best team that won the Stanley Cup. And yeah, guys, anything guys got anything else to add for that? Uh, I mean, not too much. I mean, I, I, and I think uh, as great as Braden Point was, I really do think that had been like he. There, how many plays were there? How many two on ones? How many great chances did the Stars have in overtime or late in the game where had been just you know shuts it down right? He just cleanly shuts it down. It was like the I 2015 mean, Duncan Keith run. He really, yeah. He, I mean, that was, dude. That team is so good that he had a Duncan Keith. Well, I don't think he was. I mean, Duncan Keith run is like that's he willed them to that cup, and that was not that was not nearly as good of a team as the Lightning are, in my opinion. Um, but I, yeah, the, that team is so damn good that they can have a guy who can be compared to that run, and yet you can still argue that the other guy could have won it, or the other guy could have won it, or the goalie could have won it. I mean, that's that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, they just that team is just loaded. But the thing is, well, they're gonna. Like have... that pick. I do. But the thing is, they're gonna have a lot of cap troubles this off season, and we haven't seen any too many big trades. We've seen, heard a lot of rumblings. Obviously, earlier we were talking about the whole memory to Chicago thing, but uh, um, De- Devin Dumnik is supposedly going to Minnesota or uh, San Jose, sorry, alongside of Ryan Donato for the th- I think the thirty first overall pick, something like that. But it's just so funny. I think Jimmy, we're, I think we were talking before before, but it's like San Jose looking at Vegas. Yeah, they had uh, Leonard Fleury, so why don't we get uh, Dubnik and Jones, and uh, maybe we'll have the same success. Literally, the letter and flurry at home. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's I I have no idea what drugs Doug Wilson is doing, but they clearly <laughs> must be fun. And I'd like to try them because wow, uh, two. I don't. It's it's amazing because I don't think there's much even to say about this. They are and well, they were statistically. I believe I have to double check. They were at least bottom ten, both of them in the entire league. For like guys who played, you know, a certain a good amount of games, like 25, 30 up, I believe, they were horrendous last year. And Jones has been horrendous for two or three years now. Yep. Dubnik has been falling off for a little bit. I mean, you're only, I'm gonna look, pull up these stats for you guys. So let's just pull up like, you know, say. I want to say they're both in their thirties too. Definitely. Oh, definitely. But like, wasn't it rumored that like, Zanazay was going to trade a first rounder for Dubnik? Yeah, their thirty-first pick. I think that's what's going to happen. And which, by the way, San Jose doesn't have their actual pick because that's in Ottawa right now. And they had a chance to at least pick at the end of the first round. They won't even have that now because me, they're acquiring Devin Dubnik. No, no it doesn't at it's all. They just, could. It's such a dumb trade. They could get a. Oh, eight ninety. For Devin Dubnik last year. Mm. This would have been a good trade like five years ago. This would have been a good trade. But like now, Dubnik is like, Aaron Brown is clearly like a guy you should go with, I think. He, he had a 936 in 39 games in 2015. Holy lord. Yeah, he dragged Minnesota to that second round against Chicago. Yeah, he, holy shit, man. Yeah, that um, would have been good five years ago. Now, okay, you know what? Dubnik is no, like, bona fide starter anymore, at least not in my opinion, but you know what? No, he's not at all. But he has, you know what, before last year, he, has, he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been bad. I'm not going to say he's been bad, or at least awful. He'd be a good backup. He really would be. He's not awful. He's just not a good starter. But, man, if you're I'm San Jose... Like first rounder. 
If no, you're San Jose, not. are you giving up your 31st overall pick when you already don't have your <laughs> actual pick that's in Ottawa right now when you could just and go in free agency? That's weak on prospects also. Yeah, why can't you just go in free agency and sign, like, a, I don't know, Thomas Grice or Jimmy Howard if they want to do <laughs> Like It's it's basically the same thing. Get rid of goalie. Yeah, exactly. Or even keep Aaron Dell. Like, how much worse could he be in Devin, Devin Dubnik? I don't, I don't Aaron understand. Aaron Dell wasn't even terrible last year. I mean, if you look at his stats, yeah, his stats weren't, like, amazing. You adjust, if you adjusted for how bad San Jose's defense yeah, is San Jose, was. Was San Jose good in the first place? It's not like the goaltending was dragging them down. They were just a terrible team last year. Okay, I'm going to have to do the math. So, like, the, their three best defensive technically, it'll take me a second. So, you guys Aaron keep Dell going. Aaron Dell looks like a YouTuber to me. I, I don't, I can't What's up, bros? It's me, Aaron Dell, playing for the San Jose Sharks. About to get shelled another About game. to face 40 shots a game because Brent Burns does not know how to play defense. All right. Or Mark Edward Vlasic or the whole blue line. Yeah. You know what? So I want to add one little thing to this conversation that you mentioned Eric Carlson. I'm really curious to see how he looks after having all this time to recover. He has not. I feel like he's been hurt all year. I mean, the past two or three years, I feel like he's been hurt. Yeah, he, he no, totally has sure. been. I mean, but now look at, look at all the time he's got, though. He had, I mean, he's had... Gosh, like, uh, I have about nine, eight to nine months to recover, like, or to have some rehab. I mean, that's pretty, pretty good for him. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really hoping I, you know. You hope Carlson bounces back because for like, like mid 2010s, he was the best defenseman in the NHL. Oh, oh, oh! Aaron Dell was not good uh, the year before last year. Holy, holy lord! Um, wow. Uh, wow. Um. Anyways, uh, so Arundel, yes, nine oh seven last year. I mean, that's yeah, pretty damn good for playing on the San Jose Sharks last year. I just want to mention this because it's egregious to me. He played twenty five games the year before that. Point eight eight six. Oof. I want to say Martin Jones also had a sub nine hundred. I think that year they went to the Western Conference Finals and it was an absolute disgrace that they did not go for a goalie because that team could have won the cup that year. Yeah, it's really scary when you see. Games played twenty five, or game yeah. Games played twenty five. Games started twenty, and then ten wins, eight losses. That is ugly. But uh, Martin Jones last two. Oh, he started off in uh, L.A. Nineteen games, nine thirty four save percentage. People freak the fuck out over that. You know, teams. Well, he played another year actually in L.A. He played fifteen games the next year. Had nine oh six. San Jose still wanted him. They trade for him. Um, he was great the first game. like three years. Like he had he yeah. he brought them to the Stanley Cup final, man. Yeah, he was he was good. I, I don't know his let me see his playoff stats. He was incredible uh, yeah, in 2016, uh, oh, dude. Whoa, yeah, that's a different story. Holy shit. Yeah, that okay. That's why I thought he was good. Okay, I was gonna say there. I was like Martin Jones was like I'm looking at his regular season stats and I'm like this isn't this isn't feel like the Martin Jones I remember. Right, no, so Mr. Nine twenty three. Like, I've done the math for their blue line. They're paying Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, and Mark Edward Vlasic $26.5 million per year. Charles, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you probably could have just looked that up on Cap Friendly and would have showed you the combine total. It's just so bad. But yeah. Eric Carlson has seven years left, Burns has five years left, and Vlasic has six years left. And they all have no movement clauses or modified no movement clauses. They're going to be, they're, like, do you think our Brent Seabrook situation is bad? They have, like, three Brent Seabrooks on their team right now. 
Like, hey, don't disrespect Eric Carlson, my man. He's not there just I want him to be healthy, but, like, he needs to come back and be Eric Carlson. But last way he played, he was just bad. Like, there's just no, like... The no, Sharks' best right now is Radom Simic. That should not I don't, I've literally never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, because he isn't is real. That's why. Like, a top four guy who's in the AHL, like, bottom, like, six, and he's playing on their top four because they're... They have no depth in their, on their blue line. <laughs> Outside, okay, name the other defensemen that play on San Jose. I only know Burns, Carlson, and Vlasic. Who are the other defensemen that play? I know Ferraro. I know him. I think he was a second-round pick a couple years ago, I think. Well, they traded Brandon. They traded Dylan. Yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know. If it can't get worse... Martin Jones is making five point seven five million for four more years with a modified no trade clause. Oh, it nice. just keeps getting worse. I love Logan. Sorry, I love Jones. Oh, go ahead. I love Logan Couture, but I want to say he just like his contract extension kicked in this year, or last year. I want to say he has either eight or seven years left at eight million dollars, and he's like approaching his. I think he's in his thirties already. No. He's gonna be like thirty-eight or thirty-nine when it expires. I told you it's brutal. And like Evander Kane has five years left at seven million with a modified no trade clause. It's like, oh my god. The SJS stands for San Jose Seabrooks. That's what it is. <laughs> San Jose Seabrooks. That's the title of the podcast. Yeah, I know. If it weren't already no, for Stanley no, Cup no, Gober no, from our interview with Max Bowman. Say nine twenty three in twenty sixteen. Nine thirty five. In 2017. That's just that was well, in six games, though. That's not too much. Next season, 2017 18, in 10 games, 928. And then this is where it plummets. Not in the uh, 20 games, 2019, he has an 898. In the last two seasons, in the regular season, he has had an 896 each year. Sorry, can you read uh, Martin Jones' stats in 2019? Like, what was his save percentage again? Gosh, it's awful. Eight nine six. Okay, the San Jose Sharks were two wins away from this from the Stanley Cup final in uh, 2019. If Martin Jones was like even at a nine ten, they probably could win the Stanley Cup. Average. Yeah. Give them, give them like. Yeah, give them like just I don't know Joe Smith, fucking guy off the street. Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo number. 35, and they're, they win the cup. I mean, shit, dude. Give them... Shit, they could have traded for... If they did made that trade for Ryan Miller, I think they win the cup. Because Ryan Miller was at least good at hockey that year. Yeah. Ryan Miller is still, from what I know, a serviceable goalie. He was a serviceable goalie that year, and he, he could have been league average, and he still would have been easily better than Martin Jones. It, I just... I don't know what happened to Martin Jones, man. I have no idea, but it, it, it amazes me. He just dropped... Yeah. But even more incredible than that to me is Devin Dubnik, who went from a nine sixteen in Arizona. He played in Arizona. Uh, yeah, there was a couple of years where he was just all over the place. I think after he's done with he's Edmonton, team, yeah, it was in Nashville, Nashville for a bit too. I think, yeah. yeah. I, I just feel like no one ever talks about how Mark Edward Vlasic is making seven million a year. How is that possible? Like, how? 
Remember when we thought they won the Carlson trade? Oh, I didn't yeah. at first because they gave up nothing, but no one thought the Sharks were going to plummet off the face of the earth within a year or two. Uh, yeah, I mean, that hard, I wouldn't have expected it, but hey, here we are now. Didn't they oh, give so... that first rounder? Like, didn't they Doesn't give up the first it. rounder when they re-signed him too? Like, For Kane, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Here's what's frustrating with Dubnik and the way the Sharks are handling this. So, after, so we had, okay, 2015 with the Wild, 936, 2016, 918, 923, 918, 913. So he's just like, you know, he's good. He's, he's good. He's playing you know, around 60 games every year. And, and then he just plummets. He plays only 30 games and he plummets to an 890. That's tough, dude. Straight down. Stalock I mean, took so, a good job from him, too. You, but you take... And I, good for Alex Stalock. I mean, he's been through everything. I think, I think there was a story about he talked about he never thought he'd really, like, make it really back to the NHL, and then he went to the Wild, and then he, now he, he was a starter in the playoffs and everything. Great story there. But Devin Dubnik, after a season like that, as a GM, wouldn't you want to go, hey, Devin Dubnik was absolute asshole last year. You know, I'll take him off your hands for a third or a fourth, you know, as a reclamation project, you know. You can get something for him. But like, stop. first, oh. it's like, what? You should not be giving up a first when a guy has a year like, I mean, this is common sense shit. How do you, like, I know that he's had good years before that, but maybe, man, I don't, I'm not a GM. I don't know how this works, but I, man, I can't imagine that you can't find some other guy out there who, like, again, Sign a Thomas Grice. Bring Grice back to San Jose. Just because, like literally, Grice would be just as he would be a better goalie. You get rid of Martin Jones. The problem is you're not gonna be able to get rid of Martin Jones because I don't think any team wants. Him. No, no, of course not. No, the only team I could think of taking a chance on would be the Senators. I was thinking Pittsburgh just because Jim Rutherford is yeah. just on everything right now. I don't know why. But speaking of Wilson's crack, I'm pretty sure that. He, Rutherford borrowed it this year. Uh, and last season, holy yeah. shit. Do we ever discuss so, the Matheson for Hornfist trade? We have Charles on, so what do you think about Matheson, that, Charles? Matheson, that is the most Canadian shit you have ever Is it Matheson or Matheson? I don't know, dude. Matheson. Matheson. Oh, Matheson. Wait, isn't Matheson Canadian? Yeah, he's Canadian. This feels very American to me. I don't know why. Anyways, yeah, right, Matheson so. right here. I am shocked they even got a good... Re- I was thinking, like, okay, to get rid of him, you're going to have to, like, take some of his salary back, trade a draft pick, and probably a prospect, just to get rid of him. When the first up, and then was like, all right, we'll take this guy, sure. We'll take Jack Johnson 2.0 for literally Patrick Hornquist. Like, half, literally half the term, and, and for a guy... or Yeah, sorry, Hornquist is half the term length of Mike Matheson... Plus, he's an effective NHL player who well, can do this. is what the Panthers need, and he'd have trade value, actually. Like, you could actually try to trade him. Yeah. He's definitely not where he would used to be, but he's he's definitely serviceable as, like, a power play net front, net run, net front present kind of he's guy. He's a good middle six guy. I yeah. Think. Probably, yeah, like, second or third liner. Like Matheson signed for six more years. I mean, holy, you could have... I, I can't. I honestly, I'm happy for you, Charles, and I'm still. I can't believe that that happened. I, I can't either. Being a 
Fox and Panthers fan, it's kind of been rough the past few years, so it's like, this uh, just gives me some skill. And like the whole process oh, of the trade too, Kevin Weeks reporting it, and then it took like a day, it's like, I don't think it's going to happen, it's like, I think that it's cooled off, but then it picked yeah, up again. Here's the copy pasta we're all going to do, talent on Matheson's contract, we started at two years, went to four, went to six, and they said, what about eight, I want to be the Panther. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I can't believe that Dale Talon has signed any good contract in his life, because if that's how he, like, I'm sorry, that's, like, that's so disrespectful to a guy who's had a job that long, but I'm sorry, I, that's terrifying for me, if I'm, as a fan, that there was a guy who handled an NHL team, and that went, was like two, and the guy was four, and six, why but, not eight? Okay, sure. But Jimmy, Talon drafted Kane and Taves. They felt like, all right, this was, I think, 2018. When, was, it, was it 2018 when McDonough got traded? Yeah, 2018. The Panthers were one of the teams that were going to go after him. And Talon was like, well, we're going to go after him. And I'm like, dude, go after him. He is what you need on this team. You need to get him. He's and exactly what he thought Mike Matheson was, I would say. And then, like, they just didn't do it. They were like, well, like, we didn't want to do it. It was like, Talon does this whole spiel of, we didn't want to give up draft picks. We didn't want to give up prospects, even though I suck at doing draft picks. It's, even though the ones I have are trash, yes. Even though I don't know how to develop players or draft well. Watch me take Lawson Krause over Matt Barzell and Thomas Chabot. Watch this. Well, to be fair, McDonough did go to Florida after all. Yeah, but, like, the trade, I feel like, like, I think JT, I think JT, was JT Miller in that trade? <laughs> I think he was, yeah. Or was he? Yeah, he was in that trade. Yeah, he was. The trade was Ryan Donna and JT Miller for like prospects of and a first and a second and Nemestikov. Are you fucking kidding me, Tom? You could not make that trade happen. That's Are a you? A first for McDonough is fair, and a second for Miller is fair. You're telling me you cannot pull this trade off. Like, what? I, I, gosh, that talent gives me PTSD. Like, same thing at the deadline. Like, alright, let's get Dylan DeMello, or Brendan Dylan. They got traded for, like, scraps. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what we need. We need a top four defenseman. Why are we not going after one? Don't worry, Bill Zito is God. He'll fix things around. Yeah, I had Stan Bowman on the Blackhawks. Then I had Dale Town and Stan Bowman. I had that the power duo of giving me like anxiety and stress and making me sad. <laughs> Stan Bowman and Dale Town out trying to outduel each other. And Stan Bowman's like, watch this. I'll trade for Matt Murray and Jack Johnson. Like, Town, what do we need? Seven years, 70 million. We are fucked on that contract. We are not going to be able to move him. He literally just fell off the face of the earth this year, so his trade value plummeted. We're going to be stuck. We're just stuck with Carey Price 2.0. Except Price was getting that series against Pittsburgh. Like, you could have got a cheaper contract with less term. You could have had a bridge guy until Spencer Knight was ready. But you just threw the freaking whole ball at Sergei Bobrovsky, and now he's untradeable. Like, then they're like, oh, we know, we don't have enough cap space. Now we can't sign uh, Dodonov, our actually actual good players. You know, 
know who would be a great mentor for Tristan Jari? Sergey Bobrovsky. Okay, so here's the thing with Bobrovsky. I'm not going to go completely off on him. Here's what I learned this year. He was hurt a lot of the regular season. I did not know that. Apparently, he had like a groin injury all year, and it made sense that he... I, I could tell now in hindsight he was off, that he was hurt. I thought maybe Barkov was injured too this year, I thought. But why are you playing hurt? But I don't know. Like, That's like, why. why? But here's the thing. Bobrovsky looked much better in the playoffs. Because he had all that rest. Yeah. No, but he was not hurt anymore. He no, was, yeah, exactly. He was not injured. Game one, he played unbelievable in game one. Of course, they lost that game. Game two, played good. And I can't even blame him for, like, the one bad game he had. He stole game one, and they should have won that game. Yeah. I mean, look, hockey players, it's almost like if you give yourself time to rest, it's better for you and your team. But, yeah, that's crazy of me to think, right? Yeah. Oh, well. All right, so uh, anything more on any news you guys like to talk about? No, let's get on to the mock draft. So on to the mock draft part of things. So it's going to be, the order's going to go Charles, me, and uh, Jimmy. So, uh, Charles, you have the first overall pick with the New York Rangers. And I know you got a really tough uh, pick here, but who are you going (laughs) first overall? Oh, it's so tough. Yeah, it's, it's Alexi Lafreniere. I mean, like, he's been projected to go number one the, like, the past few years. I mean, he can really do it all when you watch him play. It's just like the Rangers getting this guy, like, you can already imagine him playing with Zabinijad and or Panarin, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, the Rangers are going to be a force in the NHL with a guy like this. Not to mention they already got Kako and Kravzov and Hockey yeah. Andre Miller coming up, two nails along fist. Like, they, they're they just absurd. Like, and Lafreniere is going to be the future of that team. Like he yeah. is going to be—he's going to be a face of the franchise. You like, know what we never talked about? Speaking of the Rangers, Lungfist getting bought out. Bought out. Sorry. Oh yeah. Watch Stan Bowman oh, yeah. and sign Henrik Lundqvist yeah. to the league minimum. I wouldn't mind that. Honestly, I'm not even going to lie. Yeah, there you go. Be like I, Ray I Bork. Wouldn't do it. Only that, like he would. I, I mean, I would imagine. For him, it's like, how anxious are you, are you going to be playing with the Hawks, knowing that there's that you main you aren't you aren't promised to go to a contender. Look at Joe Thornton; he wanted to go to a contender. He was pissed that he didn't go to one. I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe. Anyways, um, onto the second overall pick, which I have. Um, so this is interesting. Um, for most of the year, it was supposed to be Quinn Byfield that went second overall. There's even debate that he might go first overall, and I still very much think that he could be the best player to come out of this class because you just look at his size, his skill, and the ability to scale like the win, which you rarely see in players of that size. And But interesting thing is a lot of people have said that uh, L.A. could go Tim Strutzla at number two. And uh, on Bob McKenzie's rankings, he has Tim Strutzel number two. And I want to say, going back to the McDavid and Eichel draft, whoever Bob McKenzie's had one and two on his rankings have gone one and two. So, it's going to be interesting. Because uh, whoever, I mean, Ottawa at three has like just such an easy decision. Whoever drops to them at three, like whether it's Byfield or Strutzla, um, that's who they're going to take. Um, so... Number two is interesting. This is where where it actually really starts off, and that's what makes this draft so intriguing. There's so many good players at the top, but you just don't know where they're going to go, really. Um, 
So I'm going to go Quinn Byfield here. Um, just the thought of having Byfield and Turcotte as your one-two punch at center. Turcotte taking more of the uh, defensive heavy mass- matchups, whereas Quinn Byfield can just tear up on opponents with his size and skating and skill and all that. That's just so good for L.A. And the thing is, um, if they did go Tim Strutel, you could put him on the wing, but, man, you win with center depth. Um, you have Byfield and uh, Turcotte as your one-two punch. They have guys like Kupari and... Um, Thomas and Velarde already at center, but you know if that's if you have too many centers, that's a position of strength. Maybe you move that out for a goal scorer. I heard that they might have even looked at Jamie Drysdale number two, which I don't think they should do. You could also move your centers out. You build from a position of strength. You always take the best player available, especially at this part of the draft. So I'm going Quint Byfield number two, number three, uh, Ottawa. I have to assume this is a pretty easy pick for Jimmy. Oh man, uh, actually. Not, I think this went over a little bit, not even kidding. Um, but yeah, yeah, the easy one, I'm just gonna go with Tim Sutla. I mean, uh, you know, Ottawa, this rebuild, um, you know, they've got a lot of great pieces on offense and defense, but they they really need that game changer, you know, to add to uh, Brady Kachuk and uh, the rest of their offensive core. And I really feel like, you know, I, I love Lucas Raymond, I love Marco Rossi. I mean, Lucas Raymond, honestly, was, I don't know, I it's as much love as Stutzel has gotten, I still would have considered Lucas Raymond in that position. Just I don't even blame I you. He's that good. Piece. Yeah, well, you're wrong. Um, but I what? Think that, uh, you're you don't agree with me. You're wrong and racist. Um, but I don't know. I just yeah. I mean, it's a pretty easy pick. So I mean, yeah, Tim Stutzel. You need a game changer. You need that Clayton Keller, Patrick Kane, Johnny Goudreau type, and that's what Tim Stutzel is going to be for you. He reminds me of like a German Patrick Kane. Yeah, I mean he he's gonna he's gonna yeah he's gonna oh my gosh I'm like he's stirring. like Patrick Kane but like better in skating and that's like a yeah. terrifying thing. oh he is Kane can fly and he, he brought up so Johnny Gaudreau Johnny Gaudreau does not get it done in the playoffs Jimmy so I don't know why you'd bring that up that doesn't make any sense like Stutzel's agility and his like edge work and like pivot ability it's like insane like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that kid is he kind of a next generation Patrick Kane type. I think. Yeah, he kind of fits into this, uh, you know, like this league where yeah, where skating is the uh, you know you have to have that. You got to be fast if you're going to be good, unless you're a Cole Perfetti type, um, where you just or to rink it, you know, where you're just that good, you know, position wise and whatnot, hockey IQ that you can get away with being a little bit slower. But yeah, no, I think that kid's got it all. And uh, yeah, Tim Suits, a very hard pick to make. I know. All right, so Charles, you're number four with uh, Detroit. So, Detroit. That's how you say it. Detroit. I'm between like an Iserman Galaxy Brain pick he can do uh, here yeah. and just do. And if I had to go in between, I'm just going to uh, – Pierce is going to appreciate this. I would go Marco Rossi at four. Oh, hell yeah. I feel like Iserman would chance. I feel oh, like Marco Rossi. Yeah, I know a lot of people like outside the top five. I just see Iserman like, you know what? I'm just gonna take the chance on him. I like Marco Rossi's game a lot. I mean, like he just didn't he have like 120 points in the OHL this, last season? Yeah, 120 yeah. points. He led the CHL in, in uh, points. A little bit older, yeah. but I mean, jeez. The only thing that's still like, impressive. Keep, like talking about is they're like, well, they don't want to take him because he's about like five nine, five ten. Oh, like, we really just talked about how great Braden Point was for like half an hour. So, like Marco Rossi kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Brad Marchand and a Crosby type combination. Like he's got that lower body strength to where he can win puck battles against bigger guys like a Byfield. Like 
Yeah. He could has a lot of people with like his ability to win 50-50 battles and he could and he's just an offensive machine. Like he could score, he could pass, he could skate, he's got a good two-way game. Like to me, I just think it's kind of crazy to see him outside of a top five. If he was like six foot, he could easily go like top three, I think. But like Eitherman going with the big brain pick, I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, Detroit's been linked to Perfetti mostly, and I want to say Escalf as well. But, uh, yeah, that just seems like a Eiserman pick because Eiserman likes to go for the guys that are competitive and smart. And Yeah, Marco Rossi could be a good pick there. Um, number five with the Ottawa Senators, their second pick. This is where things can go interesting here. Um, there's been rumors that they might go Jake Sanderson. They might even go Jack Quinn, which I don't think they should go that, that high. That would be a huge reach. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, I'm serious, Jack Quinn. Yeah, I believe. I want. I forget where I saw high. it, but they were considering Jack Quinn at number five. or He was brought up, I think, which is just crazy. Um, I'm sorry. So this is a tough pick. I can go a number of ways, but if we're just going like... Um, this is us and not uh, thinking what Ottawa could do. I'm going to go for Yaroslav at Skaroff at number five. Yay. So like you look at their defense, you got Shabbat, Brandstrom. They, got, they even got guys like Bernard Docker on the right side. Lassie Thompson, who they drafted last year. And then you just look at the forwards, of course. You got Brady Kachuk. Um, you just drafted Tim Stutzla. Yeah, they could go for someone like uh, Lucas Raymond, but... Uh, I really do think that they could go off the board and maybe go Yaroslav Askarov. And if anything, for Askarov, his stock is rising with how he's playing in the KHL against men. He just turned 18. It's just ridiculous. And the fact that he's already that big, I think he's 6'4". He can still grow into that frame, but he's just making... He's so athletic. You see the athletic saves he makes. So I'm going to go Yaroslav Askarov. You know, they get their, I guess, safe pick at number three, and at number five, they can really swing for the fences, which, by the way, they still have another uh, first-round pick if they want to add another uh, forward, which this draft is certainly not uh, lacking with. So, yeah, I'm going to go Yaroslav Askarov at number five. All right, number six, who we got here? Number six, the Anaheim Ducks. Okay, okay, this is interesting. They can go a number of different ways, too. Yeah, I can see them going two different ways here. You know what? I think I'm going to take the boy Lucas Raymond. I think at that point, it's at that point you've got to take the best player available. And for me, that's Lucas Raymond. This is a guy who I feel like a lot of people like watching Mitch Marner. I think you're going to like watching Lucas Raymond. He even compared himself to uh, Marner. Raymond did. He did, really. I, I see it. I mean, he's reliable. He's reliable enough in his own end. He's definitely not a liability in his own end. Um, he pushed his play forward. He's fantastic at finding the guy. You know, the, uh, the big knock on so many Swedish players, you know, like these... Uh, they don't they pick the rules. They're too soft. They can't play. They can't get it done. Blah, blah, blah. Soft, selfish and whatnot. But this guy is like, he is a born playmaker. He is... He's got a great shot on him. He can run the power play just like a guy like Stutzla can. I mean, that's exactly what you're going to get out of this guy. He's not as good as him, but you, you're going to get a lot of the same things as you would from Stutzla. I mean, I think more of a playmaker. He's more of a born playmaker than I. Um, Stutzla is. Stutzla has that shot as well. Raymond is not. He's just not. And he's also just not as skilled as him. But um, you want a guy that can run your power play, that can play on your, I mean, gosh, I think even top line. Top line winger for the, I mean, for a long time. is. Uh, Imagine him and Zegras together. 
Yeah, dude. Sorry, I'm like starting here, but yeah, yeah. He, him and Zegris, man. I mean, come on. Zegris is going to be a special player, and I think Lucas Raymond is going to be a very special winger right next to him for a long time. So, I am going with Lucas Raymond. All right. Like man, that that's kind of interesting because Anaheim, I heard, wants to take a defenseman, and it's kind of hard to see them pass up Drysdale, but at the same time, Raymond is just so damn good. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm next, right? New Jersey at seven. Um, originally I thought I was gonna go Holtz here, but I think New Jersey is gonna take Drysdale at seven. Yeah, that makes I think sense. They, they need a defenseman. They they really got it. If he's if Drysdale is available at this spot, you kind of have to take him. Exactly. Exactly. They already got their one-two punch at center with Hughes and Heischer. They have Ty Smith on their left side. Now they can add Drysdale to the right side, top pairing. And if they're looking for a forward support, they have, the I think, the 18th and 20th pick. So, yeah, that makes sense for them. All right. Um, my pick with the Buffalo Sabres. So there's quite a few forwards I can go with here. But uh, I'm going to go Cole Perfetti here. Just... Uh, Ton of skill, ton of hockey IQ, some of the highest upside in this draft. And the best. I think he can play center, but I think he's going to be better suited as a winger. And Buffalo actually has quite a couple guys like that where they can play center, but I think they're better suited for the wing. So someone like uh, Dylan Cousins, who got drafted last year, who I'm not terribly high on, but I think he's going to be a nice top six guy for them. I see him more of as a winger. But now that you got guys like Jack Eichel and Eric Stahls, your one-two punch at center, Maybe for a couple of years you can get guys like Perfetti and Cousins on the wing and help them be more defensively responsible. Then maybe they can move to the center role. I don't know. But uh, Perfetti, just just looking at his skill and his hockey IQ, he's maybe not the fastest skater, not even the biggest guy, but he just always knows where to be. He's always in the right position. And yeah, I so, a freaking man. Yeah. Seriously. And so, yeah, I'm going to go Cole Perfetti at number eight for Buffalo. Alright, I really like that pick. I think he'd be, oh, uh, him, he and Eichel, man. Oh, what a pair. That would be that would lethal. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. You, you literally just find a decent second line center, slap him with Dylan Cousins and, you know, some guy who can skate fast and, you know, have pucks thrown off of him. I mean, geez, that's gonna be, that'd be a great. Hey, Victor Olsen. Throw Victor Olsen in there. Alright, so number nine, the Minnesota Wild. I have a couple of players I'm thinking about here. There's two guys that are the most Minnesota picks ever. I'll be honest, I... Yeah, Jake Sanderson, I think, is one of them, correct? Yeah, and Anton Lundell. Or, or not? Yeah, Sanderson and Those Lundell. Those are the very I was two I was thinking about, but I... With how good Minnesota's defense is right now, and they can be good for a little while longer, I have to say Anton Lundell. I mean, it's... We talked about it. It's kind of the perfect... Uh, I'm not just saying this because I think Minnesota would do it. I think it's good for them. Um, I think we've got a guy like Kaprizov coming up, this offensive stud. You know, I think it'd be great you have him. He's not a center, I believe he's a winger. Yeah, and Fiala's emerging as a superstar. Yes. Yeah, like, I mean, Fiala and Kaprizov, Jesus, that's going to be I was sick. like one of the few people who actually thought Minnesota won the Kevin Fiala trade. At first, everyone was like, oh, Nashville won this. I'm like, dude, Kevin Fiala is going to have way more upside than Gramlin. Definitely. You would not work in Nashville. And I had a feeling he was not going to work in Nashville. It was just like what I'm hearing a lot. It was just like seeing the future out here. 
<laughs> Big brain Charles, man. Jesus. I, I would not have thought that when it happened. I thought, yeah, I was... I just thought Fiala had too much potential to give up on him. I just thought, oh, this was a mistake. <laughs> like, I always say it. There was a, a chart. Yeah, there was a chart somebody brought up. And I don't charts analytics. Oh, man. But, hey. It, Why don't you actually watch the game? Something because, uh, yeah, yeah, I test over everything. But uh, there was a uh, statistic stats chart that was brought up after that trade. And uh, a, a wild friend of mine, Brett Marshall, or mutual, I should say, on Twitter. Um, he, uh, I believe he shared that, and he said, okay, maybe this isn't so bad after all. And you see Granlin. Listen, I'm just going to put it in the most me terms right now. I don't remember what it was, but the bars on Granlin's side were very small, and the bars on Fiala's side were immensely big. Immaculately. Therefore, the biggest, immaculate, just huge. There were just billions and billions of color on the one side. <laughs> so much purple. So, yeah, so much purple, so much blue. You, know, you love it. Um, but, yeah, Anton, I think Anton Lundell is a fantastic piece for them. I think um, I don't think they're going to be that great the next little while. I think that they will fall a little bit. So I do think that they'll have a chance of drafting a good center um, as a number one center. Um, and I think Anton Lundell would be a fantastic uh, number two center in there, uh, sort of taking over the reins from Miko Koivu in a bit of a uh, – um, well, a bit of a uh, how do I say this uh, historical sense for the Minnesota Wild being this uh, finished two-way center just as uh, Miko Koivu was so I am going with uh, Anton Lindell don't worry they got Marcus Johansson as their number one center now oh you're right yeah no, that, okay fine no I'm wrong they don't need Lindell all right <laughs> all right so at 10 is Winnipeg yes sir and I just feel like at this pick if if Holtz is available at 10, I don't think Winnipeg passes this up. I'm going to go Holtz, Alexander Holtz at 10 for All Winnipeg. Right. The reason I'm going with this is because with Line and the trade rumors, they could just get a pretty much another guy like Patrick Line. I'm not going to say he's going to score as much goals like Line, but Holtz is a goal scorer. And if you know you're not going to be able to keep Line and you can trade him, you can get a guy like Alexander Holtz who can kind of fill in that void as a goal scorer on the team. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you can trade Line A. I mean, you can get a good defenseman for Line A. And then Holtz can kind of, like, take a spot in a way. I believe Line A was, if I saw this right, Sarah Siv, uh, Sivian, or at Sarah Siv. Um, I believe she quoted a tweet. Um, I believe uh, it was about, I don't know if it was someone proposing a trade. I believe it was, but I believe it was um, that there are t- talks between Winnipeg and Carolina, and it would send, well, it didn't go through, of course, but the, uh, the proposition was Netches and a defenseman for Line A. And not that that's going to happen, but I think it shows you that, you know, you can get a good defenseman for this guy. You can fix your blue line trading, you know. You have so many damn good forwards on that team, and you can do that, and you can go and get a guy like Alexander Holtz and someone in this draft to take his spot. That's how stacked that team is on offense, man. It's insane. All right, uh, number 11, I have the Nashville Predators. I don't know if I'm going to piss Charles off here by taking Seth Jarvis because a certain someone else is falling to number 12. But Nashville, you look at their forward core, they have, I believe they have the most money tied up in their forward core in the entire NHL. You got Ryan Johansson making $8 million. They're not, I'm pretty sure. They're like number one or number two. I can't remember where I heard it, but it's ridiculous. They have, and they're one of the worst offensive teams. 
Williams. Yeah. So here's the thing. Ryan Johansson, not drafted by Nashville. Kyle Turris, not drafted by Nashville. Matt Duchesne, not drafted by Nashville. Victor Arvidsson is drafted by Nashville, but you just look at their top pay guys, not drafted by Nashville. They desperately need to bring in Philip Forsberg. Yeah, Philip Forsberg is not drafted by Nashville either. They don't, they barely have any like uh, homegrown talent. And I think they need to add someone like Seth Jarvis. They're lacking that high-end offensive talent, and Seth Jarvis can bring just that for Nashville. Um, I know that really pisses Charles off, but there's also a certain someone that drops to them that might help them positional need-wise. and I would be very happy if that happened, too. (laughs) So, yeah, Seth Jarvis, I think that's perfect for Nashville. I've seen talks that Seth Jarvis could could be a potential top 10 pick because his stock has just risen over the course of the year. There's so much offensive well, upside. First. I was high on Seth Jarvis before it was cool. You heard it here first. He's just so he's so smooth. He's equal parts goal scorer and playmaker and it's just Nashville needs a guy like that and uh, yeah, so uh yeah, on to uh, number 12 with uh, Jimmy. Number 12. Oh, yeah, the uh, Florida Panthers, correct? Yep. Yes, the yes. Florida Panthers. Yeah, that is an easy one for me. Rodion Amirov, welcome to Florida. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to go uh, Sanderson. Yes. Bill Zeno, his first move, he trades Mike freaking Matheson and shots. with the big brain. Gets rid of Josh Brown. And now, I mean, let's look at it. No more Lawson Krause, no more Owen Tippett. Let's get a guy. Let's not get no more of this, you know, like. I mean, Owen Tippett, I think, will be good still. Oh, I just think. But I think there's a trend here. There's this, you know, get the you know, the Canadian boy, the American boy, whatever. Let's get let's get a little fancy here, man. Let's go overseas. Let's look at Rodion Amirov, a guy who is just a uh, that that kid's hockey IQ is off the charts, man. That guy runs offense. He just drives the play, drives possession. Great shot. And here's the thing: you, you look at a guy like him and you think, oh well, you know, it's the skill player, great, you know, great on offense. He seems, you know. And he's European, so of course, you know, he's lazy, isn't he? But no, he's the kind of guy who does not get... Hey, you know, Jimmy, probably wears a visor, plays in Russia, blah, blah, blah. Oh, does he have the OB visor? Oh, I don't think he does. But let me see. But uh, as I'm looking that up, I just have to say, yeah, I feel like this... Bill Zito here, this is... Clearly, he wants to change. He's making change here. And this is, I believe, would be a huge statement to... Draft a guy like Amirov, this skill player. You know, he's of course guy, but someone who is—it's swing for the fences with this guy. I also would like to add with Columbus. His Columbus was a team that also tried to take chances on players in the draft too. They weren't just going to go with the safe pick. I mean, like no, no, no. three. I mean, a lot of people thought that was a reach taking Dubois at three. Now it's looking like okay, it was not that bad. Yeah. And that's second He's off, man. I mean, well, you when you have a good scouting staff, you know what you're doing, man. It it pays off. And I I don't know. I just I feel like with Florida, you've got Barkov, who was this great two way center, and uh, as Charles has told me, he's not apparently as good of a two way center as everybody says. But still, no, he's still a good two way center. Still a good two way center. Not Jesus. I know like Taves now. Taves uh, two way kind of dropped off when his offense went up. It's kind of yeah. like that. Sacrifice offense for defense, which, I mean, yeah. that's pretty much when you can score like those two can, well, I should say, like Barkoff can, I mean, you do that. And, you know, Huberto is, I mean, got it. didn't he have more 90 points last year and they hadn't even finished the, the season? 90, like 92, 93. And that season I mean, was Barkoff got that 95 last year in 2019. Yeah. 
So like five goals. You know, like forty goals that year. Dude, imagine, but give it, you know, two, three years down the line, I mean, this, you know, I feel like this team, you know, you've got this, you know, you've got these, it kind of, it feels like you're kind of going with the same uh, style they have, this very, like, you know, just don't, uh, never say die kind of guys, even their skilled forwards are very reliable defensively, and Rodion Amirov fits perfectly into that, while also injecting this kind of flashy skill that I don't think they really have, this, you know, offensive uh, dynamo that they don't really have um, in terms of uh, skill and craftiness that you don't really I'm not going to lie I think Dennis Seiko can be that guy I really oh, oh you know Dennis what Sanko. yes oh god imagine those two on the same line you're going to have Amirov and Dennis Seiko and I think Amirov is similar to Dennis Seiko in terms of play style like yeah. I want, they kind of are, are similar that's why I like Amirov a lot because he reminds me of Dennis Seiko like is Dennis Seiko a first round pick yeah, he was 15th overall. And there, yeah, I stand corrected. I guess they weren't always going for the... Uh, that was definitely, like, a reach pick in terms of, like, potential, which Talon sometimes does, sometimes he doesn't. It just depends on how he's feeling, it feels like. Yeah, the 2018 pick. Wow, I completely forgot about him. Wow. He's probably going to... He might make the roster next year. If, like, Dadnov and Hoffman both leave, it makes his chances a lot easier. I'm officially the Adam Wilde of this podcast, and I can, uh, I'm perfectly okay with that. All right, so the uh, next pick we have, uh, number 13. Uh, Carolina. Carolina Hurricanes, Charles, there you go. Um. Okay, I know Carolina is stacked at defense, but if Jake Sanderson's available at 13, I think, I got the Carolina Hurricanes taking Jake Sanderson. I know they're loaded at defense, but... If Jake Sanderson is available at this spot, you cannot just pass on him. This is yeah. too good of a guy to just, just <laughs> say, well, I need a right winger. Or I need, like, dude, you take Jake Sanderson if he's available. Every, you can never have too many defensemen. Because that is Especially if you're Carolina. You need to pass that a part of your game. Like, you could trade a guy like Jake Bean or Hayden Fleury. Or, or, like, you could, you could still get... Sanderson on your team and still get good return, and maybe you don't want to play him. He will have a ton of trade value if you really want it. Just grab the best asset. This would be like a slam dunk for the Hurricanes to get Sanderson. (laughs) Oh, yeah. At that point, yeah. That kind of reminds me of a guy they already have, Jacob Slavin. I think there's quite a bit of similarities there. That's perfect. Yeah. That's a perfect... Wow, yeah. Absolutely. All right, number 14, I have the Edmonton Oilers. Um, funny enough, the thing that they're lacking in most is the most plentiful uh, resource in the NHL, wingers. Um, I'm going to take from the Ottawa 67s, Jack Quinn. Um, maybe not the fastest player, but he's definitely improved on his skating, great goal scorer. He's also improved on his two-way game. He's definitely risen up the stocks, and if I'm Edmonton, or risen his uh, st- draft stock, and if I'm the Edmonton stonks. Oilers, his stonks, yeah, stonks 100. Um, but yeah, Edmonton, they for whatever reason did not take Trevor Zegers last year. They took uh, Philip Broberg, but uh, you know what? Whatever, that's in the past. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna get them to take Jack Quinn now. And uh, on to number 15 with the Toronto Maple Leafs, or pardon me, Maple Leafs with uh, Jimbo. Oh, that is not funny, bro. Oh my god, this is why I don't do podcasts. I mean, it is kind of funny though. I'm not gonna NGL. I'm not gonna lie. You make me laugh a little bit. This one for me is, uh, and this is funny because it's, bro, pretty hilarious. Um, 
I was not very high in this guy about uh, not even a week ago, but uh, I watched a lot of his tape and just listened to uh, a lot of people's opinions on him and noticed little things in his game uh, that I hadn't noticed before. And uh, that would be Dawson Mercer. Um, I think he is perfect for what the Maple Leaf situation is right, right now. I know you could argue they need a, you know, they can go defenseman, but I do think that they have... They need Braden like, Schneider, gritty Canadian defenseman, yeah, right in a choice. Yeah, that literally screams, God, who is it they picked? Uh, was it Andrew Nielsen? Oh, God, there was someone like that where it was just like this. It's just low potential, safest pick in the world, and that, I feel like that's the last thing this team needs right now. You you have Austin Matthews, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, John Tavares. Swing for the fences with these picks, man. You can... You can make trades with the players you have to put pieces around these. Uh, what you have right now, you have Rasmus Sendin is still young as can be. You have Timothy Lilligren, who actually looked, I thought, pretty solid last year in the time that he played. You can, if Dawson Mercer, go for a guy who is just great. He does everything right. He does everything right. I forget if he's the best skater or not. I'm not sure. He uh, put put up points. Kind of just average that. skater. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know. Mercer is like a weird pick because he's like super safe, but also has upside. Yeah, well, I feel like he's such a great value pick because he, it reminds me of Sanderson on forward in the sense that he, you know you're going to get a lot out of him. There's a good chance you'll get a lot out of him, but or a good amount, at least he'll be a solid player, but he could also be a lot better if things turn out the right way. And I don't know, I, I see him as sort of a Mark Stone light where he's just, he kind of just does everything right. He's so reliable defensively. He has such insane playmaking ability. His vision is some of the best, really, that I've seen, like, from any prospect I've watched. And he isn't a bad shot either, so I just really feel like, I don't know, I feel like with a team that has such uh, flashy offensive players, you mix that with a guy who can set them up and can be you know, as reliable as anybody in his own end. I feel like Mercer fits in perfectly for the Leafs. Top it all off, he's from Newfoundland as well. Uh, there you go. Perfect. Number 16, uh, the Montreal Canadiens. I believe that's uh, Charles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go with a Bergevin pick. Hedrick uh, Lapierre. <laughs> just... Hendricks Lapierre, I am put, putting this into existence. If he does not take Hendricks Lapierre, I will be shocked. If he does not take a French-Canadian at this spot, if he does not take Maverick Bork or Lapierre, I will be very surprised. All right. I like Hendricks Lapierre's offense. I just feel like the injuries are a risk to take. But, if, like, I mean, we'll see on draft night. If he falls a ton, then there is definitely a major health fa- factor. But yeah. if he can go top 15, then you kind of know, okay, there's not, it's not as bad, I guess. Great playmaker. He could easily go top 10 without injury. All right, so number 17, of course, is the Chicago Blackhawks. This is going to be a consensus pick, the fact that they're 31 picks. So we're going to get uh, 10 picks each, three, and this is going to be the one pick that we do consensus. And sure, uh, like best friends. Wow. Yeah. I love you all. I really do. And so, I'm pretty sure we have easy a... easy surefire pick is Connor Zari. I think I'll speak for everybody there. No, I'm just fucking around, guys. What do you think? Let's, uh, let's have a little talk here. So, uh, this is someone that I've really I've grown to love. Um, Please tell me who it is, because I think I'm going to take him, too. Uh, so, we're thinking about uh, a Mark Bergerman pick. This could also very well be a Mark Bergerman pick. Yes, he plays in the it. QMJHL. 
plays yes. for the show win again. Maverick, center Maverick work now. Yes. You're thinking, well, Chicago already has uh, Kirby Doc, uh, Dylan Strowman, Jonathan Taze. Why would you take a center? Well, you just always take the best player available. Do the Blackhawks, like, do the actual Blackhawks front office probably think uh, Bork is the best player? No, but uh, this is we're, we're not the uh, Blackhawks front office. We're us. We think. I think that Maverick Bork's the best player available. You. Yeah, exactly. Um, Maverick Bork played on a terrible Shawinigan team. He is the captain of their team now. I believe the QMJHL season started. I don't know what his stacks look like, but uh, the fact that he played on a terrible Shawinigan team last year, put up points, a great playmaker, uh, underrated shot as well. Um, not the best skater, but if he could work on a skater, honestly, if there's a center outside the top 10, outside of a guy like uh, Quentin Byfield, Marco Rossi, or any of those guys, I think it's Maverick Bork that could become a number one center. And uh, you can never have too many centers, so uh, Maverick Bork's my pick. What about you guys? Do you agree? Hey, dude, I, no, I think that's an easy one for me. That's exactly who I was going to go with, too. Um, he, hey, he's, uh, let's see, he's uh, got one assist in one game. So man, Nice, point per game. Up. There you go. Point per game, baby. Yeah, and he had a 71, yeah, I think you mentioned this, 71 points in 49 games last year. And you mentioned a, not a very good uh, Shawinigan team. I hope I said that right. Yeah, you got um, it. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, you want to add something as well, Charles, but I just want to say myself, uh, Pierce, I believe, I don't know if it was you that said this, but I see a lot of Claude Giroux in him. I, I really I really do. He just kind of has that, uh, he seems to slow the game down. I, I really love that about him. He reminds me of that, uh, he just has that ability in him. And like Claude Giroux, center, a really good, you know, score right-handed. So maybe it's a little bit of the uh, eye bias to me, but uh, regardless of that, I, I love this pick all around. I feel like I feel like he could fall to the Hawks, and I really hope that he's on their radar because he's kind of got it all. Um, is he the best defensively? That's one thing I haven't. Yeah, he actually uh, is pretty okay defensively, considering the circumstances again of that crappy uh, Shawinigan team. Listen, he's. Okay, if you look at it timeline-wise, you can you can keep Strom for a couple of years. You can move him now if you'd like to. You give Maverick Bork two or three years, and, I mean, Jonathan Taves will be about, I think, about uh, two or so years left. Just play him as a third-line center the way you did with Doc. I'm sure Taves will be a second-line center, and you know Doc will be running his 1C at that point. I mean, it, honestly, it, time-wise, it works pretty great, and then you can have a 1-2 punch as Kirby Doc and Maverick Bork. Obviously, there's all these things, you know, everything can change in a, in a week, in a day, in a moment. But I really do think that Maverick work. I mean, I think they could be a great one-two punch for Chicago for a long time if that pick works out. So the names that uh, have been brought up around Chicago, uh, per someone who was already drafted in our mock draft, Dawson Mercer has been linked to the Blackhawks. Um, someone like Dylan Holloway has also been linked to the Blackhawks. Same with uh, Lucas Reichel and the two WHL defensemen with uh, Kane Gooley and Brian Schneider. If Out of those five players, who would you like the most? Uh, I mean, Dawson Mercer. Yeah, me too. I have to yeah, read that. I forget. Sorry? Was Amirov in there? I, I must. I, I no, I don't think. Honestly, I don't even. I don't even think Amirov gets to them. I think he goes higher, especially with the way he's playing right now. But no, Dawson Mercer all the way. Yeah, I just for my uh, Chicago pick, I, all three of us are going Maverick Bork. I'm just not gonna yeah. explain, but yeah, all three of us boys going Maverick Bork, and I love it. Me yes, and the boys going Maverick Bork at 17th overall. Hell yeah, that's what I like to hear. My fucking number two. Oh, I love yeah. it. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Number 18, uh, the New Jersey Devils. This is someone I also thought about potentially having the Blackhawks pick at number 17. Um, he's been kind of divisive for whatever reason because he's been left off of uh, the Swedish national team. But for the New Jersey Devils, who already got Jamie Drysdale earlier, again, they got their one-two punch. They need winger support. I'm going to go from Lulia Noel Gunler. Um the thing with uh, Noel Gundler is um, there's been a, quite a few games where he looks dis- disengaged. There's games where he looks super on. He's dynamic offensively and goes and bat- engages in puck battles. Like, he really does it all. But then there's just some games where he's completely invisible out there. But uh, I always like to bet on upside. And if I'm New Jersey, especially with having three first-round picks, I'm going to take a swing for one of them. And I'm picking Noel Gundler at uh, number 19, or number 18. Next pick is number 19 with Calgary. Give me one second on that. I just need to check. Wait, so so I was Montreal. Yeah, then we did the consensus. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, this one for me, I'm going to go with uh, Jan Mishik, or Sorry, Lick My Stack. Um, I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, I'm uh, honestly a huge fan of his. I really wouldn't mind if Hawks got him either. Um, I'd prefer um, a Mercer... Or a Bork, but if they went Meshack, I wouldn't complain either. But I'm going to go with uh, him for the Calgary Flames here. Um, now, I, at this point, with uh, you know, I mean, with all these players here, I, I'm not even going to worry about the, where they fit in. I think it's just yeah, best player available. You know, with uh, at this point in the draft, you just take you know who's the best one up. And I really think on Meshack is is that of the uh, rest of the guys on my board. Um, I think he's fan like just kind of again like I like Bork, um, just kind of does a little bit of everything he, he kind of I wouldn't say he reminds me of Rossi necessarily in a lot of ways he really he's the kind of guy who I feel like he's just again just does everything a little bit you know he's uh, uh, I name not the best uh, shooter but a very very good playmaker um, does not give up on any play um, I don't know I feel like that's uh, that kind of guy you know that young I don't know I feel like you just you can't have enough players like that who can play both ends of the ice and especially uh, playmake as well as he does so I'm going to go with like my sack I mean not yeah, my shit I mean me shit I right. don't know like my sack <laughs> um Charles at pick number 20 with uh, the New Jersey Devils third round pick third uh, pick in this round so far alright so I'm looking at it and I don't know. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna say New Jersey takes Dylan Holloway. I nice. feel like this is just this is like a safe pick, but it's also if he falls to this spot, you just kind of have to take him. Yeah, good one though. I could see them doing this because I think Dylan Holloway will be a middle six guy in the NHL, and I don't think that'd be bad because I mean, like they could use a middle six guy. Like, like you have a, you could really get that middle six bolstered with some young talent. And you know Holloway is going to have a high floor, so it's just not a lot of risk. And I think New Jersey would do that. All right. Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets at number 21. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Jacob Perot from the Sarnia Sting, one of the best goal it. scorers in this I draft. Fought, uh, son of... Uh, Blackhawks legend uh, Yannick Perot, who, as a matter of fact, Jacob Perot is like the polar opposite of him. He's a really good goal scorer, not so good in his own end. He's definitely a project, but if he can put it all together and be competent in his own end, I think he can be uh, like close to a 40 goal scorer. Like, I could see him being a 30, 35 goal scorer at the next level. And Columbus, they need that high end offense. And uh, Jacob Perot brings them just that. So, yeah, Jacob Perot at number 21 for the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
Number 22 right. with the New York Rangers. All right. And that's me. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Maybe Rangers. Let's see. Mm-hmm. New York Rangers. That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Lucas Reichel there. I nice like, pick. Uh, yeah. I, I was like, for a second, I'm like, shit, that I miss if someone picked them? Because I feel like I'm surprised he's this far. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh, Lucas Reichel. Um, no, I just think that's like a surefire pick there. All right, next pick, uh, Philadelphia Flyers with Charles. Okay, I'm looking at it. And um, I know Schneider and Gouli are on the board still, but for at 23 for the Flyers, I'm going to have them take Hell's Grants. Oh, I like oh, that. A, I love that pick. Swing for the fence. Yeah, I think they're going to try to go all the way with this and I just think I like his upside and I think obviously Grant is going to be like a, a project it's going to take him two or three years to develop but you can never have too many defensemen I feel like and like I just think that, I just, I would see the Flyers taking a D-man here at this point of the draft for Hawks fans I'll say he is basically the uh, he is if you put Yoki Haru and Boakfus together this is exactly what you get Really, really great eh? transition game. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot, you know, very uh, a lot, like decent amount of size. Not a big guy, but a tall guy. Um, you know, big, big hockey man. You know, but uh, very, very reliable offensively, but very good with the stick. Very good in transition. Uh, but a lot like Boakfist, his big issue is just getting burned. He's not as dynamic as Boakfist can be. He's more, he's more between Boakfist and Yoki Hardy in terms of offensive uh, ability. But um, yeah, his issue is uh, just he gets burned on a lot of plays. He kind of overreacts too much. Um, kind of uh, a lot of times getting you know going back. But um, let me tell you, uh, his again, I can't stress it enough. His puck movement out of his own zone is just unreal. So I, I just gotta say, I really like that pick. I have the Washington Capitals at number 24, and I'm going to go from the third player from Germany so far, which, by the way, I think three Germans are going to go in the first round, so good for them. I'm going to go J.J. Paterka. Um, didn't play on as good as a team as a Lucas Reichel did, but uh, I think he's still a few years away. But uh, Washington, who just needs to build up the pipeline again. They drafted Connor McMichael last last year, which looks like a great pick for him. Had a great year in the OHL, and um, adding J.J. Paterka to that, uh, Washington could use that. So, yeah, J.J. Paterka at number 24 for the Washington Capitals, and Charles is up next with Colorado at number 25. Oh, wait, it's Colorado at 25? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. My list does. All right. Um, so I'm going to go... So it's Col- Colorado at 25. I'm thinking about it. Me and you, Charles, man, we got really screwed here picking for Colorado and St. Louis. Hey, man, I got an Anaheim. Uh, Not like that's better. Thinking about it. I think they're just. I think they're gonna take Ray Schneider here. I think that he fell this far. I think they're just gonna go with another D-man here. I know Colorado is really good in terms of defensemen, but like I said, they're good everywhere, man. They can draft whoever the hell they want. I was going to say, they can literally just pick whoever the fuck they want. It's BPA easily. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Braden Schneider. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to go a little off the... You know what? St. Louis, for me, best player available. That is Emil Andre. I uh, fucking Pierce hate you. Me. Fuck you. I oh, hate you. That, that <laughs> I love, 
You know what? Hey, if St. Louis does that, I will say the same thing to my screen. I yeah, Pierce, you've got me on board with him. Well, that's yeah, good. Just, that's good. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not. I don't know the most about him from what I've seen, though. Just like, basically, think of uh, Eric Gustafson if he was good. Uh, no, yeah, I was thinking very good transition play. Uh, I guess this is all that I've heard. I've only been able to watch so much tape about him, but everything I've heard and from the little bit that I've seen, I'm just I don't know, a huge fan of what he would bring and what I've seen him, at least the little bit I've seen him bring. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Pierce, actually, you know what, Pierce, if you could, uh, you want to talk about him because I know you're a huge fan and I'm very happy to steal your pick, but uh, I want you to talk about him because I know that you could like go on for days about it. So you were saying Eric Gustafson, I think uh, of another HV71 product, Eric Randstrom. They're small in structure, mm-hmm. but they are very strong for their size. I like the way that uh, Emil Andre defends for his size. He's not a like a like a very quick skater, but he's really good at shaking off uh, four checkers. I like his offensive game, and honestly, like. He should be getting a lot more praise. Like most mock drafts, I see him going in the second round. Honestly, I'm someone who has him in my top 20 personal rankings. Like he's he's clo- he's pushing top 15. I love Vimo Andre so much, and uh, if he somehow <laughs> hockey men or hockey men, and they all drop to the uh, and if he drops to number 46, I want uh, the Blackhawks to pick him 100. percent And would, if the Blackhawks pick Andre, I. Th- and sorry, if the Blackhawks pick him, I think he is their best left-handed defensive prospect in the system. Oh, easy. Easily. Oh, yeah. All right, so, Jimmy, now that you've crushed my hopes and dreams, but I'm still going to continue. <laughs> I'm still going to continue the run-on defenseman here, and Anaheim's going to pick uh, Kane Gooley. Kind of a no-brainer for them. Uh, they picked Lucas Raymond at number six. Not saying that you necessarily just because you draft a four, now you got to draft a defenseman with your second pick. But uh, yeah, Kane Gooley, Anaheim is one of the better team at drafting uh, defensemen. Um, my thing is with Gooley, I'm not overly high on him. Um, he's a great skater, especially for his size. He's good without the puck, but sometimes when he has the puck, he just passes it to nowhere. Like he tries to go for these outlet passes and he just misses. Like he just has a lot of brain farts with the puck, but. Uh, yeah, um, but I think he could be a good pick there at 27 for Anaheim. Um, now on to the next pick, uh, the Ottawa Senators with uh, Charles. All right. Or, no, 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 you had St. Louis. The last three, yeah. 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 Don't take my goddamn pick, Charles, you sleazy bastard. See how so it I'm feels now, huh? Oh, no, no, you're, you're Vegas, Charles. I'm oh, Ottawa. Vegas? You're oh, Vegas. okay. No, 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 Vegas is 29 and Ottawa is 28, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm Ottawa at 28. Okay. I'm Vegas. Okay. Yeah, because it goes Charles to me, or Charles Pierce me. So, I, uh, man, this one, at this point, you know I'm not, know. The, not the best with the prospects, so I'm a little more unsure here. Um, that's a really, you know, yeah, how's Grands is off the board? Oh, that's a tough one. Um. You know what? Here's a guy that he's a bit of a. Uh, you're making me feel bad about this one, Max, and I'm gonna mess up. Um, oh man, I I'm gonna go with a guy. I I it's more that I know him, but I really like his game, and that's Sam Colangelo, um, Chicago Steel legend. Interesting. I, I don't know. I like him. Is you got this? He's perfect for their. I, I think he could be a top six guy. You know, a guy he's been compared to. I've heard is. Uh, sort of Anders Lee. He's he's much more mobile than him. He's a much better playmaker than Anders Lee, but he has that net front presence as he does. Uh, got that grit and that heart that he does. Um, 
And I don't know, I think, Matt, you put him on a line with Brady Kachuk and, uh, I mean, whatever offensive weapon of choice they have in the first, in the top five, uh, Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, Sam Colangelo, I do not want to play against that. I do not want to play against that. So I'm going to go with uh, my Chicago Steel boy, Sam Colangelo. Here's the thing. I don't even think he's the best Chicago Steel. I think he's the second best. Uh, I don't even think he's the best. That is true. That's a good or a fair argument, at least. So there's no Gunner still on the board, just wondering. No, I already took him. Uh, New Jersey, yeah, New Jersey 18th Sorry, overall. Sorry, my brain just kind of forgot. <laughs> All right, well, you were uh, 28 with Vegas, Charles. 29. with Vegas, my bad. All right. Yeah, speaking um, of I'm looking at who they can take. I'm going to go to Tyson Forster for Vegas. Mm. Go for the goal scorer. I figure, just you know, might as well go for it. I mean, like, it, if you see a guy who can score a lot of goals at this point of the draft, still, you might as well go for him because you already know big goal scorers when they're younger are going to be projects that you have to like fill out the rest of their game. But it's you might as I've always felt like if I'm a GM making draft picks, you kind of go swing for the fences, try to go for most upside. Do you want to know why Vegas lost in the conference final to Dallas? They couldn't score goals, and that's a great pick. Yes, sir. Number 30, Dallas Stars. Um, this guy has been silently falling, and I'm kind of glad that he fell to me. But uh, from the Western Hockey League, Cam Loose Blazers, I'm proud to select Connor Zari. Now, it's kind of a safe pick. I legit forgot Zari was still on. I did too, but like... <laughs> yeah, I did too, but I'm tired. <laughs> I just forgot. But yeah... Connor's already not much upside, but I think he's going to be a middle six center. But if you're Dallas at number 30, you take that and you run Where's with it. Yeah. He, he also fits into Dallas's system very, very well, too. I think he's actually a perfect pick. You, uh, Could fit uh, nicely, quite behind, quite nicely behind uh, Tyler Sagan as the number two center, I'd say. Oh, yeah. I mean, geez. Uh, last pick of the first round with uh, San Jose. Honestly, this pick might be traded again to Minnesota, but uh, right for now it's San Jose. Uh, Jimmy, with the last pick of the first round, who are you picking? I'm going to go with, uh, well, I guess in uh, your opinion, the uh, the best Chicago, or the better Chicago Steel player. I'm going to go with Brendan Brashan. That's a good pick for San Jose. Uh, I believe NHL agent Pat Brashan. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of his game, but I've heard a lot of great things about him. Again, like I've said, I don't know the most about these prospects uh, past, you know, or later in the first round. But, you know, I heard he has a good shot, you know, good vision, uh, decent playmaker. And uh, from what I've heard, a good value pick. So uh, with San Jose, you know, you just take the best player available. And or Minnesota. Especially with you know, Or Minnesota, yeah. I mean, at that point, whether you are Minnesota or San Jose, I think, again, you know, you, you aren't really – I don't think there's any reason to draft four needs. You just just draft the best player available because down the road, it's you know looking two year, two three years ahead, you're probably just going to need help everywhere. Um, Spurgeon's going to be old. Um, Suter's getting older, and if you're if it's San Jose still, I mean, <laughs> just take the best player available. You're San Jose, God. And there you go. Whatever you can get. That concludes our mock draft. Just as a recap, number one, of course, Alexi Lafreniere. Number two, LA Kings, Quinn Byfield. Number three, Ottawa Senators. 
Um, Tim Stutzla, number four, Detroit Red Wings. Mark Rossi, number five, Ottawa Senators, Yaroslav Iskarov, number six, Anaheim Ducks, Lucas Raymond, number seven, New Jersey Devils, Jamie Drysdale, number eight, Buffalo Sabres, Cole Perfetti, number nine, Minnesota Wild, Anton Lundell, number ten, Winnipeg Jets, Alexander Holtz, number 11, Nashville Predators, Seth Jarvis, number 12, Florida Panthers, Rodian Amirov, number 13, Carolina Hurricanes, Jake Sanderson, number 14, Edmonton Oilers, Jack Quinn, number 15, Toronto Maple Leafs, Dawson Mercer, number 16, Montreal Canadiens, uh, Hendricks Lapierre, number 17, Chicago Blackhawks, Maverick Bork, number 18, New Jersey Devils, Noel Gundler, um, number 19, Calgary Flames, Jan Mishek, number 20, New Jersey Devils again with Dylan Holloway, number 21, Columbus Blue Jackets, Jacob Perot, uh, number 22, New York Rangers, I actually can't remember this one, <laughs> um, but number 23, um, Oh, God, I really cannot remember that uh, New York Rangers pick. 23, was that? Was that mine? Yeah, number 23 was Helgi Granz. I remember that. Number 24, no, J.J. Paterka. Number 25, Colorado Avalanche, uh, Braden Schneider. Braden number 26, Schneider. I Hate You, Jimmy, St. Louis Blues, Emil Andre. Yeah. Number 27, <laughs> Kane Gooley. Number 28, Ottawa Senators, um, uh, Sam Colangelo. Number 29, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Tyson Forster, number 30, Dallas Stars, Connor Zari, and number 31, San Jose Sharks, uh, Brandon Rasson. I can't remember who went to 22 to the New York Rangers. I, can't, I honestly, oh, from man, the life of me, can't remember. That's like the one that, that's blanking me. I'm going off completely off the memory. Me? The funny thing is, I remember this all off the memory, but I can't remember that one pick from the Rangers. We'll have to go back. That would have been, been mine, too. Oh, man. No, that you were Philadelphia. I think that was Charles. Yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You went to Grand. So that's that right. Pick. I picked Mishik with Calgary. Yeah. How did I pick after that? I can't remember either, honestly, for the life oh of me. Oh, my God. That's weird, dude. Oh, no way. Hold up. Hold up. Well, I think, well, I guess we would find out, you know, listening back Oh, yeah, I'll listen that, back yeah. to it. We'll know what it is, but, uh, I... Yeah, and anyone listening would. But here is, uh, a couple notes, I would say, uh, more important than any of our, uh, well, your, uh, very educated opinions, my... I watched five videos on YouTube, but I think this guy is good and that guy's good. Opinions. Uh, some news here. Uh, this is a bit more of an obvious one, but an interesting twist to it. Christian oh, you know who it was? Lucas Reichel. Hmm? Lucas Reichel. Oh, that was it. Yeah, Lucas Reichel. Yeah, that's a, I love that pick. Chris Johnston says, I think Marc-Andre Fleury has already played his last game for the Golden Knights. I think we all kind of knew that. But he also says one option, uh, hashtag Vegas born, have started to explore is if they'd be able to use an intermediary I hope I said that right team in a three-way deal where that team would retain salary to make a deal work next tweet is from uh, at, again at Puck Report NHL and it is a quote from Elliot Friedman I think one of the teams that's considering and interested in Henrik Lundqvist and this makes a lot of sense to me personally is the Washington Capitals for Lundqvist? wouldn't that be something oh, that Washington image, seeing Henry in the Capitals jersey. It's funny because Lundqvist owned Washington for so many years. Yeah. Oh my God, man! Imagine Rangers fans having to see that for two, three years. Yeah. Oh. But he could be a mentor to Samsonov because I doubt Hope he's going to resign there. God, that'd be. Dude, did Sam did Samsonov wear thirty? Um, I don't know honestly. Yeah, well, he did. He I'm didn't. Sure. He won't now. You had a one to that three. Yeah, that's. 
Yeah, I think that'd be a fantastic match. I don't know. I think you guys would agree. That would be awesome. As, much, as cursed as an image as it is, I think that would be a fantastic match. Anything, anything else, Lungfist, anything else than a Team Sweden jersey or New York Rangers jersey is just cursed image. really is. Oh, God. And the Blues jersey. Can't wait. Oh, yeah, like Broder. Mike Medano on uh, Detroit. Daniel Alfredson in Detroit. I'm trying to think of who else. Matt Sadie in Vancouver. Bobby Orr in I Chicago. Bobby with the Blues. That one year. Bobby Orr on the Hawks is the best one because it was the Black Hawks. Yes, because yeah. he played like 30 games in total or something. <laughs> Wasn't it? Uh, oh, my God. Speaking of games played. Whenever I hear Mike Medano on the Red Wings, I will never not think about the Mike Babcock story. Yeah, it's the yeah. most Mike Babcock thing ever. Oh, man. I don't like that, man. I really don't. God, what a... <laughs> what a... What a such a hockey man story. Yeah. It really is. Never gets... Jeez, uh, that's never not insane to me. But, uh, yeah, crazy news there. I actually really want to see that. I've, I've been thinking of what team uh, uh, he'd make sense to go to. I, honestly, that would be... That'd be awesome to me if they can upgrade their defense and make another run. The uh, Capitals? Yeah, I could see it happening. I'm, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Shout out to my cat who apparently was under my bed the whole time. I didn't know she was in here, but then like right at the end of the mock draft, I heard her jingle and then like meow. So if that's what you heard, if you're hearing some jingling and meowing in the background, that's what it was. That is pretty wholesome of luck. That is wholesome. Uh, Keanu Reeves could never. That's what I have to say. <laughs> Think that about wraps it up. Yeah. Um, Thanks, you boys, for uh, coming on the podcast during the mock draft. I had a lot of fun. Also, just talking about the NHL in general. Um, Hope you, but you boys are uh, staying safe wherever you are and uh, staying healthy, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, thank you again. Thanks for joining on, and also to you, the viewer. Thank you for tuning in. Our uh, play counts are going up and up. We're almost at 200 play counts. So thank you to anyone who's listening. And if you can, please uh, rate the podcast. and also share it with friends. That means a lot to us. And uh, well, yeah, I don't want to... My grandma, maybe, and uh, maybe another person. I really appreciate all three of you, man. I really do. <laughs> I don't want to spill any names out here, but uh, there's going to be some uh, notable guests on within the next few weeks. Uh, we'll let you guys know in time, but I'm really excited on where this podcast is going. So once again, thank you, uh, Jimmy and Charles, for joining. Um the off season, the draft is only a, f- a couple of days away oh, now. By the time this comes out, I cannot wait, man! Oh my god, we have to have a we have to have um, a podcast after this. Like we we are after that. Oh, we'll have one after the draft. We'll have a draft. Do you want to do a live stream? I mean, I can oh, let's do a live stream. Hell yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, you know what? Let's do that. We're gonna do a live stream for the draft. And you know what? And uh, to uh, rip off, let's do it live. Uh, follow. You can follow Charles at Rocket 17 on Twitter. You can follow Pierce at Stadium Arcadium on Twitter, and you can follow me at Tarantino Socks on Twitter or um, Shytown Pierce, Faithful or at Shytown Faithful. My basically my shit post account. You don't, if you want to like me or me, hey you Jimmy, know, you we're like to, you don't want to follow a troll. Follow. <laughs> hey Jimmy, more like Shit Town Faithful. Am I right? Get owned. <laughs> Oh, I literally grew up in this fascist place. Come on now. Wow, I'm sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> that was, that was. I was just being too rude. Uh, you know, you know how we Canadians can be get sometimes. Sorry, about not very that. Canadian of you. Not very Canadian of you. I know, not a Canadian one hundred. Oh God, you just, uh, you just never cease to amaze me how racist Canadians can. Be. Hey, you know, Jimmy. They come over. They like our milk and honey. The worst you can do is wear a poppy. <laughs>
tree keeps going the way it'll be, I'll probably be a few hundred thousand miles closer to Dot Cherry. So, guess I'll have to get used to that voice. And uh, the sound, the tuna pudding sandwiches, or whatever it is. <sighs> God. God. <laughs> uh, I guess. Well, I think we can all agree. Um, leave you with one message to the viewer before we go. Please, please wear a mask. Please don't be stupid. And Social distance, wash mask. your hands, and be nice to people. Like, hold a door open for someone. Except for Corey Perry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck Corey Perry. Moral of the story, yeah. don't ever do anything nice for Corey Perry. Oh, and there's my cat meowing. I think that's a signal we should edit. So, again, thank you everyone Steve for tuning in. So, for Pierce, Charles, and Jimmy, and my cat, of course, take it easy, everyone. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. Peace, y'all.